0: I love Friday. Dueling
1: Hello and welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we ask Rocky 2 to marry us one awkward proposal at a time. I'm Doug Greenberg, and I'm Jason James, and we have one more minute with the Ride fellas, Walton Allen. Welcome, welcome, welcome!
2: Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us back to wrap up the week. It's been a it's been a short week here.
1: Yes, yeah, very short, very short. Short episodes. Uh, we get right into the meat and potatoes, and we don't derail whatsoever.
2: No, all the <laughs> stick to the issues crowd people out there have been really happy about this week. <laughs>
1: You're a liar,
2: uh, (laughs) but thank you.
1: (laughs) All right. Today, we're knocking out minute 15, which begins with brain damage, and it ends with a uh, proposal that you don't see every day.
0: Or at all, ever.
1: No. um, That's not true. That's not true, Jay. And I'll tell you why, I don't know, in about 45 to 50 minutes, which is is the uh, going rate for these minutes this week. So Leonard, the agent, uh, Rocky leaves, who comments that Rocky has brain damage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not
0: really. That's just Rocky. Right. Well, and it's a great sales job. He's trying to get him to sign this contract. He's trying to get him on his side. So his comment to him is, well, he's obviously got brain damage. You know, nothing like endearing the guy to See? you. <laughs> I think I saw that in How to Win Friends and Influence People. Make sure you insult their mental capacity.
1: It always works. It gets you the deal. Always. But it's just like, it's a matter of fact. Like, he's like, ah, he's got brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Don't mind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't mind him. Exactly. But um, we go right from there, the hospital to. Uh, the zoo, the Philadelphia Zoo.
3: What what happened to his hat? Did he fall in the snow? Did the hat fall on his head in the snow? <laughs> well,
1: Jay... Um, Do you know? It, it may be snowing. But um, is this,
3: this part not covered in snow <laughs> the other side?
1: It, you know, it depends on which way the wind is blowing. But if they walked from the Pennsylvania Hospital to the Philadelphia Zoo, they walked 3.5 miles <laughs> or... <laughs> 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 I had no idea where you were going until you said the mileage, <laughs> 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 or an hour and fifteen minutes. So oh, in the right. snow, we
3: don't know. If in the
1: snow off. in January. This is January. Maybe they took an Uber. Uh, Uber wasn't available in 1976.
3: Oh, I, don't know. I was talking to the Uber historian. So I, uh, you know, my, um, <clears throat> but no, I'm sorry.
2: I used to live in Detroit. This doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, all right, let's hear it. Not at all because he's got snow that's been put on his shoulder. You can tell when he's before he turns around, he's got like packed sho- like he doesn't have it at one point and then he turns around and it's over on his right shoulder. He's got all this snow that like someone had just patted on his shoulder. I mean, this is all I don't know why they're trying to make it look like he had gotten snowed on as a, as a homeless person overnight, but between the the heat from your head coming through your hat, unless it's just stupid cold outside I mean you're 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 not gonna have snow drifts on the brim of your hat
3: right but the weird thing is that the side of his hat the left side of the hat we see covered in snow no snow on his shoulder the right side of his hat no snow on the hat <laughs> snow on his shoulder so maybe, maybe it was the whole hat was covered in this piece of a little bit off his hat fell onto his shoulder Oh, yeah. There you go That's,
0: Well they cut the scene where Apollo Creed Ambushed him with snowballs No, <laughs> I, I f-
2: There you go I figured it out uh, Pete the orderly pushed him out And he fell into a snowbank And he went
3: in head first The snow He's got like an inch of snow on the brim of his hat Like This didn't happen from just the snowfall He's been walking for an hour and 15 minutes But at some point we you take the fucking hat off And brush the snow off of the hat It's gotta be getting heavy this doesn't hey, happen. Why is my head so heavy. I get snow on it. By
0: this point, Adrian would be like, "Why can't we take a cab? Why can't somebody give us a ride?"
2: And by the way, if we want to go with whatever logic that makes you think that snow only falls like that hard on Rocky, if where's any snow on Adrian? I, I mean, know there's not yeah. a single snowflake on her at all.
3: Great, nothing.
2: And that's including the fact that it's
1: actually snowing in the scene. Uh, I I wondered I wondered a few um, a few things here. So they left the hospital. This is what Rocky wanted to leave the ad guy to go do, right? Go to the zoo. Go to the zoo. But if they left the hospital and just went home to Rocky's house, uh, it would have been a four-mile walk to uh, from the hospital to 1818 Tusculum Street, which would have taken an hour and 23 minutes. Or... If they decided they wanted to go to the zoo so he can propose and go home, which is presumably what they do, it's 4.6 miles and an hour and 36-minute walk. Wow. So they are out in the January cold in Philadelphia for a long, long time.
0: Do they have buses in Philadelphia? Like, are there other ways to get around? Well, let me, you're asking a
2: lot of logic questions about how far they've gone and where they've gone and what could have possibly, you know, mini snowstorm that only went over Stallone's head. Is the zoo closed? There's not another freaking person around. Like, not in any shot at all. You don't have any background extra at any angle in this entire minute. Because there's a tiger, like, eight feet away,
0: and people have fled.
2: Well, no, I'm talking about... <laughs> like, does Rocky know who owns the zoo? Is this one of those favors? like, can you let me in? Is it, like, closed? Is it, like, Sunday? And,
1: like, the, there's nobody here. Not a single does soul. Does the zoo close? Does the zoo close in the winter? I don't know because no, nobody right. goes to the zoo in the winter I think the zoos are open in the winter but, but I mean, most of the animals are probably indoors why I don't know
0: well, except <laughs> for that tiger
1: except for the tiger which
0: is a tropical animal right normally found in the jungles yes the tigers
1: <laughs> like, tropical what the hell's going on here <laughs> you,
2: you don't see many you don't see many up in the up, up in the great white north no, <laughs> no. when we're not, we're not up with Bob and yeah, Doug McKenzie going hey hey yeah. Hey, man, it's a a tiger. A jungle cat (laughs) roaming around the snow. He's looking around going, what the f*** happened in my life? One take, damn it. One take. I'm going back inside. I'm just, (laughs) what is all this white crap? No, i I just, it drives me freaking crazy where they've got this whole scene that's obvious in this big, giant public place. He makes a point of bringing her to the zoo. And I can't figure out, is this just one of those things where he called in a favor to let them kind of get in front of the tiger pen to make it this proposal, or did they just not have enough money in the budget to pay for a couple of people to be milling around?
1: <laughs> Actually, the, the, their budget for this was was far more. <laughs> oh yeah, it was astronomical
2: compared to Rocky, Rocky, One. Rocky One. Maybe not, maybe none of the extras thought they were going to film. They're like, look at the freaking snowfall! I ain't coming out
0: and yeah. spending twelve hours on a set. Yeah, because what did y'all say before that Rocky One had a budget of like nine hundred thousand dollars? Is that right? Yeah, about nine fifty. And what did this one have? I mean, it was a lot more, right? This one, what did we say? It had about $7 million? Wow. I don't think we
1: said. Yeah, it was about $7 million budget, so they had a lot more money to play with.
2: That's that's actually unheard of. Usually, in that time frame, sequels, they figure they could spend less money because you already had established the movie. You didn't need to spend as much.
1: Uh, you couldn't spend much less than $950,000. Well, that's 000, true. So. That's true. They made, I think the uh, the they made like eleven thousand percent of their budget in return. So, um, so so the studio definitely were eager to make a sequel. So they threw a lot more money at them for this one.
0: Yeah, the estimated budget was seven million for this one. That's amazing. Two point five was. Now, for what the is Tiger.
2: what is seven million in twenty eighteen money? Since we we did that a little while ago. Oh, hold mm. on, I still have that Good up. Question. That's ah. that'd be
1: a massive budget. Seven million in ninth deceit. This was filmed in 78, so uh, who's quicker, Walt or Jay? That would be
2: Jay, I can hear. It. <laughs> Walt's already looking at his phone at something else. He's he's already checked that. He's like,
3: math. In <laughs> Seven million?
0: I'm looking at the next thing to throw at Jay for estimates
1: <laughs> 7 million in 2000 and...
3: January in what What year? 78? In current. Um, but we're doing it in 78? 78.
1: 78. So... Till current
3: Twenty-eight million. $28 wow. million dollars. That's a healthy budget. Twenty eight million two hundred twenty four thousand six hundred seventy two dollars.
1: So you figure nowadays most of that would go to some some sort of computer generated CGI, right? um, yeah. Assistance You wouldn't
3: you'd need a tiger. You wouldn't need snow. You would need a zoo. You do this at home. <laughs> do it at home. Make this whole movie at home.
1: <laughs> he makes a, a comment about his legs getting sore and kind of shrinking. Rocky, mm-hmm. so he does understand the idea of muscle atrophy. Atrophy.
0: However. There's no way he knows the word atrophy, but he does know the concept. But he knows the idea.
1: Like, his legs are getting sore and shrinking. So uh, it's good to be out. It's good to be out of the hospital. This is, uh, getting some, some uh, fresh air. So they have a little conversation about the zoo, right? Mm-hmm. She asks, what are we doing here at the zoo? Rocky says, I kind of like the zoo a lot. Especially when it snows, it mm-hmm. smells clean, blah, blah, blah.
3: Snow makes the zoo smell clean? I don't know. Okay. But yes. Has... Snowing... No, wait, Actually, like, wait, that,
2: wait, wait. You guys live up where it snows. You know what that means, right? Like that first fresh snow, there's a big difference between that. Clean smell. And then the traffic's gone through for the last 12
1: hours smell. Yes. I, I, hmm. We understand with fresh snow. I don't know. Like the, the quiet, the calm quiet
3: of a fresh snow. That's when it's snowing. Yeah, it's snowing there, okay? Uh, we never established that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the tiger doesn't have snow on him. He's been outside. Based
2: on Rocky's hat, it's snowing. <laughs> Based on Rocky's hat, it's like snowed like three inches in the time that they've been walking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he asks her, don't you like the zoo? And she says, I like the zoo. Now, anybody who knows Rocky and the Rocky movies, the way that we know it, or the way that any hardcore fan knows it, there was a conversation between Rocky and... And Mr. Gazzo's asshole bodyguard slash driver in Rocky One. Do you guys know what we're talking about?
0: Yes. I, yeah, I know the conversation.
1: When
3: Conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Walt, that was a joke. Jam- your
0: southern accent. <laughs> yeah, man, I know what you're talking about.
3: I know about the conversation.
2: <laughs> Ain't no thing. Wow! Well, I love to hear them do the accent. It's like every stereotype in any movie I've ever seen.
3: Like yeah, everyone they, talks just banjo, like that. <laughs> I know the conversation. Oh, Paul, tell me about the conversation between Rocky and Buddy. Retards love the zoo.
0: <laughs> well, at least I didn't say anything about how good the moonshine is when you make it with snow water.
3: Why, Incarnation? Mom, Paul, take me to the zoo. <laughs> I'll in for a good backyard. trip to the zoo. I'm
2: not even sure what accent they're doing, but I just keep, I want to keep doing it because it is so <laughs> funny. It's like some mishmash, like something that should be spoken in like the Blade Runner world. Right. <laughs> it's like city speak.
1: A little mishmash of all this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so last week, you should have heard Jay, not last week, two weeks ago, you should have heard his English accent. <laughs> I,
2: think I think I'm hearing a little bit of it now. Hello. I'm, I'm, Uh,
1: So, focus (laughs) Gazo's driver uh, suggests that Rocky take Adrian to the zoo Because retards like the zoo This has been, now unbeknownst to me And us, I'm sure Jay you didn't know this either This has been like an online debate Like uh, There was like a whole Reddit, subreddit thing About why would Rocky take Adrian to the zoo Knowing that Gazel's driver said, retards like the zoo. And uh, here we are at the zoo.
2: Yeah. The minute you said that, I want to know the answer to what is Rocky thinking then?
1: Um, We actually have an answer from Sylvester Stallone himself. The writer of the movie. We have a friend who's also who's another Rocky podcaster. His name's Ryra Balkan. Very good friend of mine. And he uh, he did an interview with the writer and director of the documentary, King of the Underdogs, which was the uh, John Avilson documentary, who's the director of Rocky. So Rocky interviewed him a while ago, and it was part of his podcast. His podcast is called Going the Distance, the Rocky series podcast. And to this day, they remain in touch. So now Derek Wayne Johnson, who is that writer and director, is working on a Rocky documentary with Sylvester Stallone. He's also working on a Frank Stallone documentary with uh, Sly and Frank Stallone, and this documentary is called Stallone. Frank, that is. But he told Rocky... uh, No, no. He told Ryan, our friend, that he was going to Stallone's house to show him the raw footage of this Frank Stallone documentary. So... Ryan humbly asked this guy, um, his name's Derek Wayne Johnson again, to float this question to Sly- Sylvester Stallone. So Ryan, this was his like his gnawing at him for years and years and years. Rocky question: If he ever had one question asked Sylvester Stallone, it was this. Um, knowing that Gazelle's driver said this about Adrian in mm-hmm. Rocky One, why would Rocky bring Adrian to the zoo in Rocky Two? This guy Derek asked Sylvester Stallone. And Sylvester Sloan's official answer was that he never even made the connection. He never realized what would happen to him in script one to script two. No. Nope. I guess scouting the locations here, they liked the snow, the quiet, the environment of the zoo, the tiger. They liked this whole environment. And he figured, like, this is just something that Rocky would do. Take Adrian to the zoo in the middle of the winter when nobody else is around. There was no knowledgeable connection between this in that moment, in Rocky won. It never even entered his mind, and he was he was actually blown away that people were pouring over this the way they were for the past I don't know how many years. But there you have it, the official answer from Sylvester Salone himself.
0: Wow, <laughs> That's that's interesting. And <laughs> I, anticlimactic. I guess I'm not really surprised that he wouldn't make that connection. No, but I mean, at least he was honest about it and tried to kind of BS his way through or
2: something. He just said, "Oh, <laughs> whoa, I didn't think about it." <laughs> Y'all watched one and two? <laughs> you watched one and two. What, back to back? You know, we didn't film them back to back. They're not connected. We didn't release them back to back. I mean, we did, but like three years apart.
1: How far apart was it? Um, was it three it years? Was four or five years. Th- three years between filming. Three years. Yeah. Okay. But the, um, the answers that people were trying to come up with, like, I guess the thinking behind it was that knowing that. Gazel's driver said this, Rocky is kind of like giving a finger to to that way of thinking, saying that this is my thing, and I know she'll like this, so she's not a retard, so screw you, this is what I'm doing anyway, but apparently there was none of that in there. Yeah,
0: nope. yeah that's kind of what I thought, too, Is more of a kind of a redemptive thing. I know what he's saying, he's like, well, I like the zoo, and I'm not retarded. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll
2: show you. Well, you know what? It's all context. Right now, I bet after this... She loves the zoo. Right. Or hates it. No. (laughs) That won't be till later franchises. (laughs) In this particular moment, she'll find this to be an endearing moment in
1: their relationship. And look, complete with an exotic tiger. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I just want to thank our buddy Ryan for that information. And um, yeah, the tiger had nothing to do with the eye of the tiger in the future or the jacket that he buys later on in this movie. It was just
2: I was the, thing. the
0: jacket is awesome. Cause and it's got the tiger on it. So, you know what? And I never even
2: thought, I never even tried to draw that next connection to the, to the, to, cause obviously Rocky three, you know, that look looking back, that's the theme song, the whole survivor song. But when I watched this minute again, and, and I thought this was so cool to, to wrap up this week on this minute. The fact that you've got this, this beast, this lumbering, this raw power of the jungle—Stallone. What? No. The
0: hell! This
2: is a moment. This was my moment. You just ruined my 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 Oscar speech here. He's about to go deep, Walt. Dude, I'm gonna (laughs) go deep. 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 I'm going so deep. I'm going proctology deep. I mean, I'm going in. Now you ruined it for me. Yes. There we go. Will I get you to shut up? No. What I saw in this moment, which I thought was really neat, is to have this wild exotic animal, this thing that shouldn't be where it is, but yet it's caged and it can't do what it needs to do normally because it's caged. It's re- it's 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 kept from its environment it's 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 withdrawn within itself because it can't go where it would normally go if it was let loose in its normal setting and i think we're seeing in that one little moment behind them what happens to rocky in this movie that he's that exotic wild shouldn't exist here in this setting but because of everything around adrian everything that's going to happen in the story he is caged within himself and isn't allowed until she sets him free to do what he should do as the tiger. And I think that's just kind of a nice little moment here that sort of foreshadows this whole idea of the caged animal not being able to live up to it, the potential that it could be if it was
1: in a better environment. I like thinking that way about about scenes like this because you can absolutely pick it apart and look very deep at it but then when you have <laughs> the guy who wrote the movie and was just like i like the environment it was snowing it was quiet it was pretty at the zoo so that's why we said it here and he even said like when when this guy derek posed this question to him like he said like it, it's amazing that that rocky fans will look so deep into something that that i really had no intention on going that deep but you know if people want to run with it like, God bless him, because you, you can, like, it has a lot of levels, and you can look at it that way, and if it means something to you, you're going to see it in a different way than even even he saw as a filmmaker at the time.
2: Well, you know, and that's the thing. We've, we learn as, and I've, I've, I've done a lot of writing, done a lot of directing, you just sometimes creativity, you may not even be consciously aware of why you framed something the way you did, or why you wanted something in the background. You just wanted it. And next thing you know, someone goes, oh, yeah, that was great. Because it was symbolic of this or symbolic of that. Like, oh, I just thought it looked good. But, you know, it's like the whole Spielberg thing. Some people are just born knowing where to put the camera. Spielberg never went to film school. He never once spent a single day in a classroom. He just had an innate sense of where that camera should be. And who
1: knows, you know? Sometimes you get lightning in a bottle and you don't even realize it. You know, our buddy Scott Carelli that runs Dueling Genre, which is like our, our host website. Home he, away from home. Our home away from home. He's a, a filmmaker in his own right. So he he sees analytically when he's watching a movie. And there right now, him and uh, his buddy Zach are covering the Spider-Man, um, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. And he, he said he came on for Rocky 1 for a uh, couple of scenes. And he said that anything that you see on the screen doesn't make it there by accident. It might be an accident at the time of filming, but when you see it, it's put on the screen very much on purpose. I don't know if that was as much the case back then in like the 70s as maybe it is now. No, well, see the thing when you talk about filmmaking, this is where we'll probably,
2: now everybody's going to yawn and say, why can't you go back and talk about fart jokes? But you shoot so much to get a usable few seconds, depending on the angle and where the camera is. You might have seven or eight takes. The editor decides what looked best and tries to craft that story based on what was shot in the camera because the camera's not the movie yet the camera's just a bunch of shots you got to have somebody who knows how to put it all together and a lot of the craft of a film comes from a guy who says oh i like this shot because it conveys x y or z or it's a much better shot a cleaner shot it's more it's the, the composition's better so yeah You've got a lot going on, but nothing just, well, in a good movie anyway. I mean, there's a lot of crap movies where you're just like, is this the best you can do? Yeah. But in a good movie, you've got all these parts working together. And if you have an editor who knows how to tell a story with the pieces you give him, you know, the, the old joke in filmmaking is movies are conceived in the camera, but they're not born until they come out of the editing room. You know, you have all this material to make something, make a child, but un- until somebody actually births it, it's still just a bunch of genetic material, right? So that's the same thing. It's you can conceive it in the camera, but it has to actually be put together as some kind of form, and that's the editor's job. And you know, maybe it's one of those things where Slo- S- you know, Sly didn't think about it, but whoever edited it said, "Hey, I like this idea, this tiger that just happens to be perfectly putting itself between the two of them
0: on this one take." That editor's job sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, and I think even going back to the writing of the movie that if they put the four of us in a room and said, okay, you know, where you guys decide where's Rocky going to ask her to marry him, you know, we're going to say, well, it's not going to be them getting dressed up and going to a fancy restaurant, or there's not going to be anything contrived like that 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 Rocky's going to put together. He's just going to go where he's comfortable, and someplace that he thinks is cool, which for him is, you know, it's not the library. Um, you know, it's going to be the ice rink or the gym or the, the zoo or somewhere else that he's comfortable. And so it just makes sense that this would be where he takes her.
1: Yeah. It's like they just go out for a walk and, you know, wherever their walk takes them. Like they didn't necessarily have a destination of mine. They were just walking. And this is where they ended up.
0: Yeah. And I could see him at the front gate, just like he did with the guy at the ice rink of, hey, let me give you 20 bucks and let us wander around for 10 minutes. And
2: That's what I was wondering, you know, if, if, that's, the, if that's why there's nobody here. He just says, you know, I hey, won't go
0: in here. Yeah.
2: No, no, matter what, whether it was intentional on Stallone's part, writing it as a viewer, as a watcher of film, I can see what I like in this shot, and I see that symb- that symbolism of what's to come. You know, this idea of this caged animal that's not allowed to do what it should until it's finally released, mm-hmm. and I and I that's why I love this week. I love when we got those five minutes here. I said we're going to end on a really cool shot, on a really touching moment where you've got this tough guy. Who can't figure out how to talk to the girl? He's just gotten beat up by the strongest, biggest boxer in the world. He's got everybody in the world knows who he is, and yet it's that's still that 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 common thread of the guy who's a sh- who's a, who's shy of asking the girl for whether the date, the kiss, or in this case, hand in marriage. And I and I loved it. It's just it's okay. a, such a
1: great way to end this week. I have a friend. Jay knows, you know, Doug. Coincidentally, his name is Doug. He's a very big Rocky fan, and he proposed to his wife in the same the same um, language. He didn't propose to her at the zoo, but he did ask her, um, "What do you think you're doing for the next forty or fifty years?" And uh, he said, "I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me." Very much, which
3: I love it. It's
1: Where did he do it? it was at, I think it was at like his mother in law's house or his grandmother's house on like Christmas Eve or something like that. But it was uh, but the same language like. Forty or fifty years, like it, it's. I talked earlier about Rockyisms. If if this isn't a Rockyism, I, how else would you expect Rocky to propose except in this manner?
3: No, that's pretty much the manner.
1: It's perfect. It's exactly what it needs to
2: be. And uh, I, once again, the the fact that he's got that sort of, I can hardly bring myself to even ask. Like he's afraid and shy, and it's it makes him such a human character, not some juggernaut and some stereotypical meathead that's just out there to box. That there's a depth and a warmth and a charm to him that just
1: comes across. I said, one of the notes I made is like, he he has a very real kind of fidgety nervousness to him. Like you would before you ask some girl to propose, uh, before you ask some girl uh, to marry you.
0: Well, she's kind of funny because she has no idea it's coming. She really doesn't. She's just along for the ride. And, you know, I'm going to kind of do whatever Rocky wants to do. And, you know, so here we are. And sub-zero temperatures at the zoo. We also know that they've been dating for about two months:
3: November, December, yeah. November, <coughs> November, no.
1: Yeah, right before, right after Thanksgiving to, you said it's about late January. Yeah, so, so two months. months. Two months. Wow.
3: That's soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not enough time. But when it's, when it's right, it's right.
1: Agreed. Yeah. All right. Any last words about uh, the Rocky atrium proposal? Last words. Wow, that's getting heavy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can tell you this, we've got another train
2: get ready to come through, so you guys might have to go first. <laughs> 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 that's the one thing about where this radio station is. It's so close to the railroad tracks that even with the thick glass and the and the foam and the insulation and the and the padding, you you can't the horn you're just gonna come through. So let me put my mics off and We'll, I'll, I'll be back in a sec there.
1: all right we just started to hear it so uh we'll wrap up our end uh we're rocky minute everywhere you know on your social media needs you can find us we're on twitter rocky minute we're on facebook rocky minute we are on instagram at rocky minute our email is rocky at gmail.com and uh we are on dueling Dwinggenre.com is our host website where uh, we release our episodes, and you can find us and all of our buddies. There's other minute by minute shows. Uh, we, there's Back to the Future, Minute, which is Scott Corelli's first project, uh, The Cornetto Minute, which he's working on now, Disney Animation Minute Essentials. There was a Ferris Bueller's Minute, uh, Harry Potter Minute, Jane Silent Bob Minute. Lord of the Rings Minute, Rocky Minute... Oh, that's us. Spider-Man Minute, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, and Toy Story Minute. Uh, you have um, some original series, like Geek by Night and Immunities. There's uh, Doctor's Companion, which is a Doctor Who podcast. There's Having a Friend for Dinner, which is a Hannibal Lecter podcast, protagonist podcast... They did a countdown to Infinity where they went over all the Marvel movies uh, right up to uh, Infinity War. Plus, like I said, Scott Carelli's, um short films. There's also a Patreon account for the dueling genre. All these, not all of them, but a lot of these podcasts, they, they give... Um, Weekend editions and stuff like Spider Man Minute I know does, um, Back to the Future Minute did uh, or still does. I'm you know I'm, I'm not even sure. I know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles does, Lord of the Rings Minute does. So um, maybe we Rocky Minute will jump on the uh, the Patreon bandwagon and start putting out some weekend uh, content for you guys. If you want to uh, go to uh, DuelingGenre.com and click on the support. Click on the support tab and uh, you can, uh, a couple of dollars a month, you get access to all these weekend shows. So uh, I think that's a great idea. I do it. You should do it. You guys back? I totally agree.
0: Yeah, no,
2: you're weird. I was letting you, I was like, wow, he's just going on listening to like all these shows and everything. I turn the mics on then I turn them off. Then I turn them on turn them on. Like, he's he's still talking. <laughs> we got to
1: pay
0: homage but, to no, the that's guy cool. that's paying
2: I, the I, bills. So. <laughs> you should, yeah. you absolutely should. And we try to do that as well because it's a, it's a cool community. And even if, And we've said this with our own movie. Maybe, you know, maybe The Young Frankenstein wasn't your thing, but there are a lot of really cool podcasts that are breaking down movies one minute at a time. It's a neat format to be able to kind of relive. And I I do. I'm reliving when I'm listening to these in the car. I relive some of my favorite movies in my head that takes me to and from work, when I'm cutting the yard, when I'm doing sort of the brainless kind of honeydew lists around the house. You can put the headphones on, and if you got, you can get lost. And I think it's just a cool experience to hear people analyzing a movie one minute at a time and because it's happening right there in your ears you almost start to feel like you especially the ones that you like the the, you that you gravitate toward you start feeling like you know the people because they're explaining so much of their lives and some of their history and why this movie and, and you start realizing oh i liked it for that same reason too or i remember that scene too or whatever and it feels like we're it doesn't feel like a show it feels like we're just all hanging out talking and I, just, I just love that feeling
1: it's not one cure-all format like there's over a hundred of these shows and everybody has their own take on it uh, on the format it's incredible
2: exactly some some are very scientific stick to the issue right you know second by second that's all we're talking about some may not even talk about that minute at all for whatever reason and i think i like what we do and kind of what you guys have been doing at least with us this week is that sort of hybrid you talk about the minute you make sure you don't leave out anything important about the minute but hey you know if you sp- if you go off the rails for a little bit that's also fun too and I there's been some of those podcasts I listen to that they just I'm laughing the whole time because I can tell how much fun the podcasters are having and it's just infectious
1: yeah those those to me are the most enjoyable
0: well and I I just want to thank y'all for having us um I remember when my parents went and saw Rocky the original Rocky and came home and were just gushing over it. And then the next weekend, my dad took me and my brother, and I was in, I think, fifth grade, (laughs) and my brother was in like third grade to go see Rocky. And ever since then, it's been one of my favorite franchises. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come and spend a few minutes with y'all talking about this.
2: Yeah, same here. Uh, It's it's one of those movies I grew up with as a kid. I didn't see the first one or the second one in the theater but I saw every other one since then in the theater. The first two I saw on video and, but watching them back to back as a kid, like I said, at the very beginning of the week, I had never seen as a kid, a movie do that where the sequel literally continues where we just left off. And obviously other movies have done it and they have many that have done it since. But as a kid, that's the first franchise I ever saw do that storytelling device. And that's why it always is sort of that special thing to me. I always, I think of Rocky 1 and 2 as, like, it's just Rocky. You know, like, that's the original Rocky is 1 and 2.
1: Well, we can't thank you guys enough for coming on. And Rocky is one of those franchises that endures. Like, when you flick on Spike TV or whatever channel's playing Rocky Marathon, it's like, you can write the rest of the day off because... I mean, I'm not the only one. I know Jay is yeah. like that. But you can sit in front of the TV for hours and hours and hours just watching Rocky back to back to back to back to back. And I know a lot of guys that would do that.
2: Oh, there's, there's no doubt. It is. Even when it gets a little cheesy, the 80s, it's still, it's fun. It's fun to watch the guy that's supposed to be the underdog, the guy that has to overcome the obstacles. You know, You know the Hollywood ending's coming. It doesn't matter. It's, that's... And that's, isn't that sort of the American story? Isn't that why the original Rocky was set around the bicentennial, the whole calling back to the United States being this underdog against Britain, you know, this, the, the illusion of this, you know, little upstart that thinks they're going to be like, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to what, become their own country. Are you kidding me? And it, so the American story is the story of the underdog.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even the, uh, th- there was a couple of examples that Apollo Creed made in the press conference. He's, he mentioned Valley Forge. There's another one, Battle of not Gettysburg, but there was a couple of, of like the the references that even Apollo made were stories of America being the underdog and and uh, overcoming, you know, overcoming their obstacles. So it was it was written right into the fabric of Rocky.
0: Well, and it, and it is such a great story that you know we all you know or most of us uh, love that underdog, and all of us can relate to it in some way and. Uh, and we all want to believe that we can
2: do what he does yeah we all want to believe that we can get out of whatever we're in like look hey if he can do it he fought his way through it just keep keep don't give up and i love that i love the no don't give up attitude
0: yeah and at some point you know it could pay off and and you know rocky's just such a simple guy you know so relatable and um it's just it is such an amazing franchise i think we all agree here and uh i think our listeners would agree so
1: uh, I don't think you guys had the opportunity with that train going through to uh, <laughs> to plug. I figured you were just you were going to edit that all out so. <laughs> to plug your your Friday uh, Wilder Ride stuff. So go right ahead and uh, we'll wrap it up.
0: All right, yeah, we'd love to have y'all join us. And really, the best place to find us is the wilderride dot com. And from there, we've got links to our Facebook page and our Patreon page, which. Uh, If you like what you're hearing on our stuff, we'd love for folks to join us there. We're also working on some content for our Patreon page. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, good special episodes that are either done and out there or about to be. So um love for you all to come and join us. There are uh, tons of places around the internet to find us. Every podcatcher you can think of, we're out there. So just look for us at The Wilder Ride and you will find us. And if I can just add one thing for both the Rocky Minute and
2: The Wilder Ride. We're on iTunes. We're on all these different podcatchers. But iTunes is the big daddy of them all. If you like what you hear, it only takes a second. Go out there. Give us a rating. Give us a five star. Give us a quick comment. That helps with It helps other people be able to find this content. Maybe somebody else is a Rocky fan and had no idea there was a Rocky minute or had no idea that there was a Young Frankenstein minute, you know, or or Wilder Ride minute breaking Young Frankenstein down. So just take a second. It helps us and it doesn't cost you anything to just go out there and give us a quick rating and a quick comment. And we'd really appreciate that.
1: Totally. And we always neglect to pump our uh, iTunes uh, reviews things. So thank you, Alan, for filling our fans in on that
2: absolutely and thanks so much for having us here i know it was a long week
1: but you know what if we didn't love the movie we wouldn't talk this much that is true and thank you guys it was our pleasure our pleasure and i hope everybody out there has a wonderful weekend and we'll see you back next week with a fresh new batch of guests so uh take care and we'll see you on the next rocky minute what are we waiting for take this (laughs) Look, you're getting bonus time.
2: This is great. Normally, you can get to work on one episode. Now you get to go to work and then get the rest of it on the way home.
1: That's that's right. That's right.
2: Our listeners will
1: thank us. We are the bookends of your day. Our wives, on the other hand, can say, what the hell were you out of the house for so long?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I got that text already, so I'm sticking around for this whole minute. I need to make sure she's good as
0: sleep. I just got a grocery list. (laughs) That's what happens when you've been married 23 years. (laughs) Hey, asshole, if you come home, bring something with you. If you come home. (laughs) Since you got
2: all this energy to be out anyway, can I get you to pick up a few things? With this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Supposedly do. (laughs)